You are listening to the Rick McGinnis Show podcast, where Rick and his guests talk all things affiliate program management. No topics are off limits. Want to learn proven tips and strategies to grow an affiliate program? Look no further. Now here's your host, Rick McGinnis. Welcome back to another episode of the Rick McGinnis Show. Today, my guest is Nikita Zedkovich of PartnerStack. Welcome to the Rick McGinnis Show, Nikita. Thanks for having me, Rick. So uh, we, we met a, a few months ago. I found your platform uh, very interesting and very uh, uh, useful in the, in the BDB space. So just explain to me a little bit about who you are and, and a little bit about PartnerStack, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the main discussion. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think we actually got introduced through a, through a mutual connection and, and it's it's been kind of cool to see how, how we've been able to work together ever since. But uh, yeah, a little bit of background on me. My name is Nikita. Uh, I head up our partnerships and alliances team at an organization called PartnerStack. Think of PartnerStack as effectively a tool for any company to launch, manage, automate, or scale anything from a simple referral program to an affiliate channel all the way up to, you know, like a reseller agency channel. So any type of indirect partner that they might be working with today, that's what PartnerStack is there to support. And we largely work with B2B SaaS, B2C SaaS organizations today. So what drew you to the the B2B side versus the, the B2C side? Because affiliate is primarily known as the the B2C platform. I get the, the affiliate channel is mainly that, but well, what drew you to the B2B side? It's a really good question. So I think to answer it, you kind of have to go back in PartnerStack history. So PartnerStack started about five years ago now. It's crazy. Time flies, honestly. But we were part of Y Combinator summer batch of 2015. And the thesis of the founders, and there's four founders, was how do we build the world's biggest sales team? And so they knew affiliate existed, but affiliate had largely been focused on um, e-commerce and B2C for a really long time. But there was a lot of companies in our cohort that needed partners that would ultimately drive them business. And so there wasn't necessarily a network or a platform that really addressed that need very well. And so what they did was they started PartnerStack. And initially, to say that the first few years we knew exactly what we're doing would be a lie, I think it was kind of trying to figure out what, where do we position ourselves in the market. And so we found the biggest need and, and the biggest kind of gap in the affiliate market to be in B2B. All of the networks had a few B2B programs, but in general, affiliate was this kind of black swan of B2B. The people that had left e-commerce companies to join SaaS or B2B organizations didn't think it could work. And ultimately, none of the platforms were even willing to give it a try. And so we did. And we found a really, really important and now growing niche in this space. And so we focus on these organizations because they're ultimately up and coming. There's a lot of organizations in the SaaS space that are looking for distribution through affiliate partners. And really, we found that you know affiliate does exist in B2B. It's just called something else. It's called partnerships or top of funnel partners. And so these B2B companies were working with affiliates just in a slightly different way. And so we found a really interesting kind of niche within the affiliate space that has recently grown quite a bit. And as these organizations and the B2B SaaS or B2C SaaS space grow, they need more distribution. And so affiliate is a really easy way to, to get some of that distribution early on. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. And, and, what, what I've seen in my experience in the affiliate industry is agencies and even um, like affiliates don't like to go B2B because they, they it's unknown to them. It's something that they're not really sure of. They don't know if they have any connections over there. So up until recently, up until about 
a year and a half ago, I, I was really not involved in the, in the B2B side. And I think it's way more interesting and, and way more fruitful because you, it's more challenging in my opinion, because it's not as simple as just going to get a, a B2C affiliate, get them going. And, and that's it. I, I, I like the challenge of, of growing programs and, and finding those top-notch uh, partners for, for these B2B programs. I don't know if you agree with that as well. Yeah, totally. And what's kind of cool about the B2B program is there isn't, you know, this, because the space hasn't been defined, there's opportunity on both sides. And so what I mean by that is you're not necessarily, you're not working with a retail me not, you know, you're not working with a honey where, you know, you're using, you know, they're, they're kind of distribution to go out to consumers, there's a whole new brand of affiliates that traditionally even affiliate marketers wouldn't have said, you know, hey, these are affiliates. Here's an example. Uh, on PartnerStack, we have organizations working with financial institutions, large banks that are more called strategic partners, but really are, are large-scale affiliates. They have a link, they take that link, they put it in front of their customers and ultimately drive sales for the organizations that they promote. And so you have to get a little bit more creative on the B2B side for sure, but it, it also opens up a new world of possibilities where the opportunities both for the advertisers and the publishers are actually quite substantial. I'll even add to what that actually means for publishers. So with publishers that typically do e-commerce, they typically get you know a percentage of sale. And for a lot of organizations that have done B2B in the past, they've done it on a CPL basis or a cost per lead basis. But as companies come onto partner stack, they actually give percentage rewards uh, on a closed one deal. Now that might seem harder at the onset, because it is. You know, you don't just have to bring a lead to an organization, you actually have to get that lead to convert. But the companies pay you for that in a way that they'll give you a percentage recurring. Now, a lot of companies could also give you a percentage recurring for the lifetime of that account. And so if you think about it, if you drive enough leads, you could potentially get $1,000, $2,000 recurring every single month if you turn all of your systems of acquisition off. And so suddenly, you both a very interesting and repetitive business on leads that you sent maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago. Now, obviously not every organization does this. Some do it for 12 months, some do it for two years. There's kind of a, a different limit, but a lot of organizations do it for the lifetime, which is not something you see on e-commerce. Uh, with e-commerce, you get those rewards sooner for sure. But with SaaS, you get those rewards over an extended period of time, but they can be lifetime sometimes. No, and to that point, um, on the B2C side, it's a trend now is that brands don't want to pay for the repeat customers. Uh, they, they want to pay just upfront for the first new customer, then that's it. Like if the person comes back through an affiliate link later, they don't want to pay. Whereas the B2B, they're willing to pay that same transaction forever. It's just crazy how the, uh, how the two sides are complete opposite trains of thought. Definitely. And I think that has a lot to do with the margins. And so if you look at the margins in e-commerce, they're a lot thinner, right? Like if you're selling clothes or some kind of specific product, there's typically a dollar cost to create that product. And so your margins are you know, smaller, not to say that they aren't healthy, but they're smaller. And so you can only give so much of that away. In B2B and SaaS, you know, your large R&D costs are baked into the product. And so as a user stays on for longer, those margins actually get larger and larger. And so a lot of these organizations are willing to give rewards upfront for the lifetime because as that customer stays, it's actually more beneficial to them in the long run. 
Right. And, and that's what's attractive about being a B2B affiliate. You can make residual income for years and years and years and not really do anything. You said you like you said, you can turn it off and everything and you still be making money. And, and that's and that's what's attractive. And, and that's why I see a lot of these um, SaaS uh, companies, they're they're going to this partner channel just because they they, they understand the value in that it's it's going to just continue to grow over the years. And, and with technology growing the way it is, it's going to make things easier for them too. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. The partner side is definitely lagging. So partners that have done e-commerce for so long do it because it's what they know, you know, and there's, it's no fault of theirs. You know, as humans, we're wired to do the things that we know really well. And a lot of those things make a lot of money. But there's a there's a brand of publisher that is, that has been doing this in the affiliate space for a really long time that also wants to you know switch things up a little bit. They want to grow in a different capacity, and so as they've seen B two B, they've also seen the opportunity to expand in multiple different channels. So you know maybe you start off with an affiliate program, but a lot of organizations, for example, will also work with affiliates, referral partners, and reseller partners. And so even different agencies that work with PartnerStack that have traditionally done affiliate are now starting to expand the service services that they offer because there's an opportunity for them to power more market share for that organization and be more integral to the work that they do with that team at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to is uh, growing revenue. And, and if you're just doing one one revenue stream, it's it's obviously if that dries up, you're 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 in trouble. But yeah, these agencies are definitely seeing different avenues, which is which is good, and it's going to only expand the industry and the overall digital marketing space too. Absolutely, and I mean, just to give a quick example here, let's take Microsoft. So you know, Microsoft maybe does let's say anywhere between seven to ten percent of their total revenue, probably. And don't quote me on that. Uh, I think I think that's that's what I read before through sort of top of funnel partners. Um, so largely affiliates. Now the rest of the revenue, and if you look at Microsoft as an organization, does ninety percent of their, their revenue through something called channel. And so it's not necessarily work with affiliates, but it's work with resellers and distributors and managed service providers, something that the affiliate space doesn't really have a lot of experience with. But as you get into the B2B space as an organization, if you want to grow, a lot of B2B organizations will actually grow with you. So a lot of agencies that we work with have now said, hey, we've done affiliate for a really long time. It's worked for us for a long time, but we want to work with a client and not just power 10% of their revenue. We want to power 90%. And so how do we continue to expand as they bring on these multiple different channels, whether it's affiliate reseller referral and how do we help them power not just affiliate but all those other channels as well no absolutely and and you mentioned something um in your pre-interview that um you think that b2b marketing is uh just a baby and um where do you see it going in the years to come it's a really good question i think that there's going to be an evolution of a few different things. There's going to be an evolution of tracking. So a lot of organizations on the B2B side have disparate tracking systems. And so if you're a partner, you might be logging in and out of multiple different portals. Uh, Some are homegrown, some aren't homegrown. And so there's going to be a consolidation of that. Um, I think, you know, PartnerStack is going to play a, a role in that because we want more organizations on PartnerStack to sell multiple solutions. Additionally, we're going to see a lot more partnerships between brands. And so a lot of B2B organizations don't necessarily partner together, even when they have really strong complementary solutions. So here's an example. 
there might be organizations like Evernote and Asana, which may be competitive in certain instances, but are also very complementary. And so those organizations can share partners on PartnerStack and ultimately drive business to both organizations. And we're seeing a lot more of that on PartnerStack today, especially in the B2B space, because what's specifically true about the B2B space that isn't about e-commerce is partners sell multiple B2B solutions because there isn't one solution that's a one size fits all. You can't buy an accounting solution to fix a sales problem. But in e-commerce, partners typically tend to sell one solution in isolation. Whereas in B2B, you can't really do that. And so if you're an affiliate, you're likely selling two, three, four, five different solutions in tandem, which create really interesting opportunities for partnership uh, with a lot of these organizations. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, the brand-to-brand partnerships is, is something that uh, even on the B2C side, I try, and, I try and leverage a little bit. When I have clients that have, um, they're not obviously competing, but they have similar audiences. I try and do some like collaborations and, and that thing just so they can expand their brands. And, and, and I think B2B is, is absolutely perfect for that, like you mentioned with Asana and, and Evernote. Now, in terms of a partner stack and the actual platform, what does it take to to set something up on there? Is it, is it complicated? Is it something that can be done by like uh, non-techies? Yeah, I mean, it definitely can. I guess the complexity depends on the type of program you're looking to run. If you're looking to run a referral and affiliate program, it's actually very straightforward. So there's multiple steps of integration. You set up a JS snippet on your website on any kind of signup form, and ultimately that'll track when signups come through. Now, something that's very unique to PartnerStack that doesn't exist in the affiliate space right now is we have very deep integrations with things like Salesforce, with different CRMs, because at the B2B level, you need that. And so you're not necessarily going to pay on a, a sign up of a lead, but you're going to pay for a qualified lead that's marked by somebody in Salesforce or a specific lead stage. And so what ends up happening is we'll integrate into a Salesforce or a HubSpot. That's also actually pretty straightforward given some of the integration work that we just completed. And then we also have transaction APIs. And so a lot of non-techies do set up partner stack. There aren't huge IT teams or systems that do a lot of this, but ultimately, you know, we're there to work with a lot of the organizations and help them set everything up and ensure their programs actually get to launch. That leads me into um, a question that I've been been thinking about here for for a few minutes. Um, As your affiliate program from PartnerStack, do you use your own software? Absolutely. Yeah. So my role is funny because it's also kind of confusing for a lot of people. You know, you describe what PartnerStack does and it's like, hey, we're a platform for people to power partner programs. And then, you know, they're like, so what do you do, you know, doing channel and, and partnerships? And I say, well, I use our own platform to recruit partners to sell our solution that ultimately helps people power partner programs. Very confusing. And so the way that we've kind of described it is we have a tool internally called MetaStack. And MetaStack is really, all that is, it's PartnerStack for PartnerStack, but it's the least confusing way for people to to explain like, hey, like it's our internal version of this. It's the same tool that every single one of our clients gets today. But ultimately, our core goal is how do we use our solution to drive the majority of revenue that comes through PartnerStack? Because if we're out here telling organizations that you need to invest in partnerships, you need to invest in this channel because ultimately it'll help drive you revenue, the best case study has to be our own program. I mean, customers that are coming on have to look at our program and say, hey, how do we mimic this? Because they've driven so much of the revenue through here, they've expanded so quickly that 
we need to open this up as a channel for ourselves as well. It's kind of how HubSpot did it with inbound marketing. So inbound marketing wasn't a thing for a really long time. And then HubSpot came in and they were their own case study for a lot of the inbound marketing. They did a lot of content, a lot of things that ultimately drove business to them. And so how does PartnerStack do that same thing for partnerships? And it's not what a lot of organizations in the space do. So you'll see other networks, they don't as heavily invest in partnerships, but we want to make that a core tenet of what we do. We have to be that organization that grows through partnerships and through partners using PartnerStack. It's kind of like the, the practice what you preach saying, you got you to gotta do it in order to have it be successful for other people. They want to say, hey, can they, they're, they're actually successful. So it works. And then that's the kind of, um, it's kind of like an internal testimonial in a way. And the biggest thing too is, you know, our product features are heavily influenced both by our customers today, and they should be influenced by the limitations or how we grow our program. So what do we need to drive a really successful partner program? Because chances are what we need, every single other organization out there needs as well. And so how do we drive innovation within our product by actually using it ourselves too? Yep. No. Absolutely. I was uh, I was having a conversation with um with a actually with a uh, home builder the other day, and this is going to tie in. And uh, he was saying that it took him like eight to nine months to redo his his kitchen just because he was so busy and his own stuff doesn't matter. And it's kind of like you're a builder, but you can't you don't have time to do your own stuff. And it's kind of like the opposite with you. You you want to use your stuff, innovate it, like, and, and make sure it's optimized, and then and get it out there. It's it's funny how brands like that uh, become successful because they actually invest and in, in make innovations in the product so that they can sell sell that aspect to their to their clients. Yeah, I mean you're right. Like you have to be what you preach. And there's so many people in our space that are that. So they will build partnerships technology and say, hey, partnerships is what you have to invest in. But they'll largely have a direct sales organization, which is fine. I mean, a lot of companies you know grow up that way. But we need to be that front runner there because uh, otherwise customers won't believe us and partnerships will be kind of an afterthought, but it can't. It really needs to be a defining moment um, in the evolution of B2B partnerships for sure. Yeah, well, it's obviously working because you've gone from uh, six to 100 employees. Now, just to explain to me how that happened and, and how long did that take to do go from six to 100? Because that's, that's, a pretty, that's pretty significant growth. It really is. And the one thing that I'll say is I'm definitely tired. (laughs) So no, no, no. I mean, I think it's been really interesting. So when I joined, I joined PartnerStack a little short of four years ago today. So we were at the time around six people. So there's four co-founders and then there's two people, one on the product team and one on the engineering team. So this was probably late 2016, early, early 2017. But we started then and we were still at the time trying to figure out, you know, who is our target market? Well, what are we trying to do? But in 2017 and into early 2018, we figured that out and it gave us time to sort of iterate on the product and continue building. As we figured out who our target uh, sort of our target customer was and what we needed to build for that customer, we naturally started expanding with with those organizations. And then we continued to find and solve for our customers' pain points. So, what were the problems that they that they needed us to solve, and could we be the ones that solved them? And so, you know, we started with referral and affiliate, but then over time, we had this need from a lot of organizations that they were saying, "Hey, we have all these other partnerships. We don't know what to do with any of these partnerships." And so, we were like, "Hey, like maybe maybe." we take a crack at this and we figure out how to support these partners on PartnerStack as well. 
And so over the next couple of years, or between 2018 and now, we've just been working with those customers and, and sort of expanding the tool sets that those partners can use on Partner Stack. And so I think, you know, going from six to 100 was actually very interesting because a lot of that growth happened in the last probably year and a half, two years, and a lot changes. You know, we moved offices twice, or it's probably going to be the third time we do it in early next year. And so it feels like we've only scratched the surface. You know, we've only just begun in everything that we can really do to change the partnership space. And it's weird saying that because if I look back at myself a year ago or two years ago, I would say things like, hey, give us another six months and, you know, we'll do this. Give us another six months. And now that I look at it, I'm like, you look at it and, and you suddenly have uncovered, it's like you've gone past the clouds and you see that Everest is still right in front of you. And so lots of opportunity. We're really excited where we're at. And, you know, I think the opportunity in the, uh, the market for us is still quite large and quite substantial. No, absolutely. And, and I had a conversation with someone over at Thinkific a couple of weeks ago, and they say that they're, they're growing at a tremendous clip. So it seems to me that the B2B space is, um, is definitely hot and um, the growth is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the stock market right now uh, and you look at you know some of the companies that are leading the way, you obviously have like Microsoft and Google and Apple, especially in their core segments, not necessarily consumer, but the B2B sides that are ultimately driving a lot of that too. And there's a number of other organizations like a Zendesk, like a HubSpot, Twilio that are ultimately growing like gangbusters and ultimately driving a lot of business across the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And that's why um, lately my my podcasts have been geared towards B2B a, a lot. With uh, I had um, Patty McGill on uh, a few weeks ago. I, I think it's how we met actually through him. Yeah, Patty's great. We, we've worked with Patty before. And I think he's also one of those early adopters that sees the B2B space as ripe for change and, and is excited to continue exploring it. Yeah, no, and he, and, uh, he introduced me to people over at Thinkific, and uh, I'm in the process of doing something on that platform uh, with for my my company. So you know, B2B and, and software is is not going anywhere. It's only going to be more prevalent, in my opinion. I, I just can't wait to see what comes of it in the in the coming years because I had a conversation with some some affiliates on the B2C side, and technology is absolutely blowing up on that side. So I can only imagine what's going to happen on on the B2B side. Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, there's opportunity for people to take a bigger share of the pie. And so even on the affiliate side, there's probably a lack of B2B partners. I think there's a lot of white space where they can kind of go in and and grab market share that people don't even know exists. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how people get into that space, because I think the people that will ultimately do B2C and B2B will be the ones that, that end up winning not necessarily winning, but you know, taking a larger share of the of the market in the long term. Yep, couldn't agree more myself. So, is there uh, a- anything that you want to share about your firm, the industry that that we didn't touch on? Because uh, I-, I love talking about this stuff, and I want to make sure that you 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 share what you what, what you want to and, and let the let the audience know about B two B space and, and how exciting it is. You know, I think. There's just a lot of opportunity in the B2B space, and, and I'm excited to you know work with different agencies uh, as that kind of expands as well. I have a quick question, actually, in terms of who you work with, who, the type of uh, clients you work with. So is there a certain size or, or, or anything like that or a certain budget that you require, or how does that work? 
So effectively, our ideal customer is somewhere probably between you know 50 employees to about 2,000. Um, so there isn't necessarily, you know, we could work with customers outside of that and smaller than that as well, but really they have to be in a growth stage and, and looking to invest in their channel. And so as long as their, you know, their product can be sold through the internet, um, they're typically someone that we can work with, but ultimately somewhere between 50 to 2,000 employees is our ideal customer that's looking for growth and looking to invest in partnerships. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, so it definitely helps to, to understand that because uh, being like a startup and things like that, it probably wouldn't be a good match right away. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your your knowledge and sharing uh, what PartnerStack can do for B2B SaaS brands. It's It, it really is incredible. And I, I've learned a ton over the few conversations we've had. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on and sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We want to hear what you thought about this episode. You can email Rick directly at rick at bearcatmedia.com or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe because new episodes will be released every Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Rick McGinnis Show podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are available. To learn more about Rick, go to bearcatmedia.com.